from the first whistle blow till the game is on the line. This is Stoppage Time. It's your boy, Greg. And it's Tyler. And we are back with another exciting week. It was the conclusion of the round of 16 going into, well, coming out of this week. We saw some fantastic games, but this week was also special for another reason. And I want to let you guys know why. My boy Tyler had a birthday, a fantastic birthday, a beautiful birthday, as he is now one year wiser in this world. Happy birthday, Tyler. Thank you, sir. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, I think the jury might still be out on wiser, but we'll, we'll, we'll see. So special week, a lot of things happened this week, not only in football, but in our personal lives, both good and bad. Uh, but we're here to bring the good to you guys. And we're going to start that off immediately with our kickoff of our Tuesday matchups. What an amazing match day this was. Tyler, bring us into the first one. So first game, we have uh, Man City versus Mönchengladbach. Uh, Man City moves on after winning 2-0, 4-0 on aggregate. Uh, they scored early, and then uh, this included a B-U-T of a goal from Kevin De Bruyne. And then uh, Okai Gundogan continued his uh, goal-scoring prowess and uh, streak uh, scoring again. This game was over early, and then uh, Pep kind of had his team sit back and play defense. It doesn't mean that uh, Monty Gladbach... Uh, didn't really have any chances. Uh, they had a couple, but they did. They didn't really seem into this game from the start. Man City kind of cruised in this one. Absolutely, I, I definitely felt that that Manchester City had they had the scoring prowess in this game. They were hungry in this game, and it still remains that that Mönchengladbach has never beaten Manchester City in their house. This team looks like a team to beat, and I know that Tyler, you and I were discussing if Man City were to meet um, Bayern Munich. Uh, here in in the quarterfinals, that would have been an amazing game, but it didn't it didn't land that way, and we'll get to that in a second. Um, but something that that did happen, I'll get to that too, and which is why I'm excited for the next round. Anyway, in this game, even though Kevin De Bruyne had the most beautiful goal of the season, I would say I, I give my hat, I tip my hat to Phil Foden. Phil Foden was a force to be reckoned with, and the young man. The, the pass that he put off to, to Gundogan for that second goal was absolutely brilliant. In between two defenders, the foresight to see that and the strength to put the ball through into the pocket, having such an amazing football knowledge has helped this young man grow. And, and congratulations to Pep as well. He's, his team is flying right now, and, and whatever the strategy is, it's working 100%. Next up on our Tuesday match matchups, we have Real Madrid versus Atletico. Uh, sorry, versus At- Atalanta BC, where Real Madrid uh, won this game three to nothing. Uh, the aggregate score four one. Um, Tyler, run us through this game. I, I mean, Atalanta had no answers. They they came out. They had a fantastic chance really early to change the dynamic of this game. But after that that initial surge, uh, Real just really, really took over and uh, showed showed uh, this this was probably the best Real has played in a long time. 
yeah, they, they just looked impressive and Atalanta looked overwhelmed and this is what happened. Absolutely. This this was one of those games where I was extremely surprised at the, the style of play that I saw from, from Real Madrid. Or I should say pleasantly surprised. Real Madrid usually plays good games like this, um, or at least that is how I know them to be. Surprising on the stat line. Usually, so last week when they, play, when they played Atalanta, the, the possession on the ball was somewhere closer to 65 to 70 for Real Madrid and had a ton of shots, no goals. This week, the, the um, possession on the ball was 53 to, to 47 in uh, Real Madrid's favor. And they took 12, shots, uh, took 12 shots, had three shots off target. So that's a pretty high percentage of, of shots on target in comparison to what they've done before. This team is now looking as though they are they're they're Champions League they're Champions League favorites for a reason and we we can't forget that even though they started off soft uh, they seem to be bringing it on and I did say that I wanted Real Madrid to win so that they'll continue in the competition and leave uh, my team alone so that we could go after La Liga but uh, I have to say uh, beyond that I'm really proud of the of the of the guys doing what they did especially uh, Asensio who I, I have not seen. Uh, play killer football in a long time. He came on in about five minutes. He had his name on the score sheet. So that was fantastic for the boys in white, the Los Blancos. Well, it, it, it helps too that they had, you know, a player of Sergio Ramos's caliber back. He, mm-hmm. uh, he, I know last week when we talked, he was on the injury, injury report, uh, mm-hmm. but he, he was back. He was in the lineup. Uh, he scored a, a goal on a penalty kick and his energy uh, definitely helped having it, it on the pitch. It makes a difference. It makes a difference having a great leader. Next up, we have Wednesday matchups. And the first matchup that we're going to talk about for the Wednesday matchups will be Chelsea versus Atletico. Oh, my gosh, Tyler. Go through this one. I got, I got notes. I got notes. So the, the, this one, if you, if you may remember, was our, was our match to watch from this week. And... Uh, I was a little disappointed, like a, just, just in terms of I, I, I don't think uh, Atletico capitalized on the few chances that they did have. Uh, Chelsea looked like the, the cl- they, they were the class of this game, of this matchup. They, they have really come into their own. Uh, they still have not lost under Thomas Tuchel. Uh, he's, he's got that bunch playing more focused, playing more disciplined, and Atletico was just outplayed. I'm glad that you said that. Out uh, playing with with less discipline was Atletico. They 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 don't look like the the champions of or at least the current in place to be the champions of La Liga. They they over the course of these of the two legs they did not play well. Um, João Felix was almost non-existent for that game. Oh, not for this one for the the game before, but not but. You know, even though he was more included in this game, couldn't really see an impact from him or Suarez. Suarez has not scored a game in the Champions League to date, and and obviously now has not will never score a goal in the Champions League um, this season. So I'm really disappointed in these boys. I expected to see a little bit more of a fight, even if they did lose. I didn't expect them to lose the way in which they did. They looked tired. They looked out. They looked uh, unimaginative. And it was not a good showing. Chelsea really showed up 
And um, hats off to Thomas Tuchel for taking this team from the bare minimum to where they're at right now. They have they have well, a, a great go, future go. ahead. Yeah, they have a great oh, future ahead. Go for it, Tyler. And I was going to say the, the the way that they're playing now. You know that they, they they have put themselves up there with Bayern and Man City as as a team that could win this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And we'll we'll get into a little bit later why that's possible why i put that put them up there with those two because we do know what the uh, the matchups coming up in the quarterfinal round are and um there's no more random scrambling there now in a bracket so they do follow a trajectory but we'll get to that we'll get to that but chelsea i think uh, has a real chance to compete and win this and last up we have our our last matchup for the Wednesday was uh, Bayern Munich versus Lazio. Now, Tyler, I, I don't know, I don't know about you. Bayern took care of business. This is true, but I saw a little bit of fight from Lazio. What did you see? I, I did see a little bit of fight, but but again, you know, Bayern scored early, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes when that happens, and all you kind of have to do is hang on. And like I don't think that they were going to blow the the four to one. Uh, aggregate that they had uh, anyway uh, Lazio would have had to score a lot more goals to make that happen but they went up early to nothing Lazio did score a last minute goal um, I think in like the 84th or 85th minute something like that uh, if I remember correctly mm. and they definitely held the scoring down from Bayern but I, I definitely feel like Bayern probably let off the uh, the gas a little bit once they scored those early goals I think so too. Bayern also had a, another game two days later um, in the Bundesliga, so that would make sense that they would take they would take it a little bit easy um, with the aggregate score being so high. So um, I'm not gonna get too much into it. it. It was men against boys, and that was your matchups for this past week. Now, Tyler messaged me all excited, uh, showing me the the quarterfinal matchups. I'm excited for the very first matchup. If Tyler, you want to run into that first matchup and analyze what we may see for this quarterfinal two-legged game. The, this matchup was one that you actually said uh, could happen before the finals. Uh, didn't know that it would be the quarters, uh, but uh, we have a rematch it's of the, rematch. the Champions League last the year, the final Bayern Munich versus PSG. It's great. Honestly, all these matchups are pretty, fantastic. pretty fantastic, and will lead to um, some some great matchups in the semis. And uh, at least for me, uh, will not include a matchup for the final. Uh, I think uh, the you know, matchup, about. Th- yeah, the matchup that we're all thinking about. Unfortunately, if uh, if things do go through, that'll be a semifinal match. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, Bayern and PSG, it's. It's a different PSG team mm-hmm. against, I mean, a, I, I hate to say it, but the a rock solid Bayern team that not much has changed on. They're no. pretty much the same squad from last year. They we've said it many many times on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, they play the way that they're going to play. Uh, you you know what you're getting against them, and that's what makes them terrifying. Is they still win games despite you knowing what's coming for you. Mm-hmm. They don't they don't hide what kind of team that they are. And, you know, they really haven't had a lot of challenges in the Champions League this year thus far. So this will be the first time that you actually see 
Bayern with a true test and a hungry PSG team looking to prove themselves not only from last year, uh, but since the coaching change. Neymar is back. Uh, Mbappe is playing very, very well, uh, both in the competition and uh, in their domestic league in uh, the Ligue uh, Uber Eats. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to be a great matchup. I, I, I don't know how else to, to set this up other than it's the rematch. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. <laughs> what a rematch is going to be so guys this this is really this this is going to be this is going to be the game of those two weeks i i honestly psg is hungry guys they want to win this they've they felt cheated after losing that one nil um to bayern munich now this team has come together nine times in total with believe it or not psg having the upper hand with five wins to to bayern munich's four um However, the home record for Bayern Munich, which they are playing PSG at home for the first matchup, uh, has been 3-1, to one, with uh, Bayern Munich winning three and PSG winning only one in Bayern Munich Stadium. Now, this is the kicker. This is what I wanted to bring uh, to you guys today. Usually when I do these comparisons, there's usually a middle ground where they drew a game or two no, between these two, it's, it's win or bust. And both teams now, especially with a young Bayern Munich team who, are, who don't seem to be uh, overly charged at their win last year, are looking to come away with another Champions League win. I honestly believe whoever comes out of this tie will have the best possible chances to win the whole thing. So this game may be more important than even the finals, guys. This, this might be the most important game um, for the year. And it's happening on Wednesday, April 7th. We will see that go down between the two. Next up, and we, we did this in this order because of the brackets. Next up, we have Manchester City versus Borussia Dortmund. That's going to be a Tuesday game, Tuesday, April 6th. But we laid it out like this because we wanted to see what the bracket was going to look like, who goes through and who goes up against the other. Tyler, what's your analysis for this game? How, what do you, how do you think this one's going to pan out? I'm, I'm very interested to see how Man City's uh, solid defense handles uh, a player like Holland. And the other thing that's at least sticking out in my mind that's notable about this game is this might be an audition tape for Holland to go to Man City. Yep. Uh, I, I know uh, a couple of shows ago we talked at length about the, the transfer deadline and, um, you know, the, the, uh, the January transfer has already passed, obviously, but the summer one's coming up once all these competitions are done and the domestic leagues wrap up. So that means... There's going to be all sorts of deals going through. It it does seem like Holland's going to leave. Like D- Dortmund um, has made no indication. It's not that they don't want to keep him, but that they aren't going to keep him. Right. Uh, the in my brain there is a difference. Um, and uh, Man City is one of the teams that he's linked to. So Pep is going to get a good uh, look at who could theoretically be making up. Uh, the striker position, which is even already crazy because 
he's got so much talent up there. You can put Foden up there at striker. You can put Raheem Sterling up there at striker. You could put Riyad Mahrez up there at striker. Mm. Uh, I don't even think De Bruyne would mind playing striker. He'd prefer to play midfield, but he could play striker if he honestly mm. wanted to. Mm. Uh, the, there's just such a wealth of talent on this team. You even, you know, uh, there's a good chance that, that this player I'm about ready to mention is going to be gone in this transfer window as well. But you have Sergio Aguero, who's finally healthy. He's Man City's leading scorer. Mm-hmm. He's coming off the bench now. He's actually getting some playing time, mm-hmm. which can we talk about Man City's bench for a second? So, <laughs> Go for it. Go through it. Go um, through it. The, the five subs that they put in this past game were Aguero, Fernandinho, Raheem Sterling, Zinchenko and Laporte. Oh wow! It's, I mean, the 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 wealth of talent that Pep can just pull off is, and and honestly, this is why he's a, he was able to get away with resting players as early as he did, is mm-hmm. he's just got a stacked team, he depth filled with lots and lots of talent that, you know, and honestly, the players seem on board that if they sit a game, that they know it's for. They, they know the reason they're behind it. They don't take it personally. You know, I, 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 I don't see Mo Salah reacting that way. Mm-hmm. If he was benched for a game, if it weren't injury related, he'd probably trade me. Yep. Which he kind of wants hit. to do anyway. Exactly. exactly. But uh, that, that this isn't about Liverpool right now. Not yet, at least. No. But, you know, I, I think that this is going to be a really interesting match. I don't think Dortmund's defense can contain Man City, the the goal machine that is Man City. I, I think uh, Dortmund will be able to score goals, mm-hmm. but I don't think that they'll be able to keep up with the uh, the offensive talent that Man City has. Absolutely. So things, things to note for this match. Um, the last time that these two played ever in the Champions League game was back in 2012, where both teams were not at the level in which they are right now. Now, uh, that in mind, Borussia Dortmund uh, did win the Champions League, I think, a few years earlier than that, or a year earlier than that, back in 2011, um, against their part Bayern Munich in the finals. So... This is a whole new age. I'm not even going to go over the, the home record. I don't think that it is, um, it's going to be reliable data to make a, any kind of prediction. If you, if you guys are betting guys and you're taking um, my information as, as, uh, as word, it's, it's, um, it's, it's going to be a very, very new matchup. The thing that I want you guys to look at, though, is that Borussia Dortmund has a ton of injury problems and not as much depth, um, including... Uh, Jaden Sancho, who has a torn muscle bundle. That's something to look out for. Marco Royce is also out with a bruised knee, but hopefully he'll be back within three weeks. That's not, that's not a big issue. Um, Manchester has one, uh, which is Felipe Sandler. Not, not a big deal, especially as we just heard Tyler talk about the depth in which this team has. They, they could probably lose four or five players and still be a championship-level team. This matchup is going to strictly come down between the defense containing Thor. That's it. Uh, it's, it comes down to the defense containing the the fantastic Norwegian in front, Erling Holland. I, I know we talked about the wealth of, wealth of talent that Man City has. I would say, you know, not only does it come down to Man City stopping uh, Holland, but can Dortmund stop Gundogan? Mm-hmm. Which is a very 
like I, I it, it feel I, I know he and Holland are on two completely different uh, levels and things like that. But Gundogan is playing out of his mind. It, it it's like he scores every single game mm-hmm. that he's in. He doesn't, but it it's every it feels other, like at it, least it, it, it feels, feels like, like it. it. I feel like I'm saying his name a lot uh, <laughs> in in terms of uh, putting the ball in the back of the net and. Mm-hmm. I think what happens is, is if you start to focus too much on him, that opens up De Bruyne, that opens mm-hmm. up Mares, who's who's very hungry for a goal. Absolutely. Uh, also, Phil Foden, the the dude. I mean, he may not be scoring, but he is definitely making his presence felt out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, you know, being this the bracket, either Bayern Munich and PSG versus either Man City and Dortmund. I think we are going to get that Bayern Man City matchup in the semifinals and we'll see what's left of these teams. Cause these are two killer matchups. <laughs> <laughs> they're starting, they're starting in this competition off with a bang and it's exactly how we like it. Um, next up. Uh, so within that bracket, like we, like Tyler said, it's either going to be Bayern Munich um, going up against Borussia Dortmund or Manchester City or PSG going up against uh, Borussia Dortmund or Manchester City. We'll see what the next round has to hold. But in the next bracket, we have Real Madrid versus Liverpool, which is yeah, it's like, oh my goodness, just matchup after matchup. So um, little stats here, guys. Um, for the past couple meetings that they've had, they've had five meetings in total um, with Real Madrid having the majority wins over Liverpool, even in... A Champions League final where uh, where Real Madrid beat Liverpool three to one, that being the fifth. Uh, the home record in this situation is Real Madrid um, has the home advantage. They have won two games to the one Liverpool win against them, and the one Liverpool win was back in 2009. Not going to say that, that, I mean, that was when Real Madrid was a supreme power. So for Liverpool, and so Liverpool, Liverpool has a uh, has uh, you know a rich history of, of success as well. Just uh, we're now seeing some of that come back, or we're seeing some of it leave. Honestly, Liverpool is not looking like the team that started off the season. They look like sprinters in a marathon. They're out of gas. They 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 don't look adept to to what's going on in this situation with their situation right now. But all the respect, they're missing Virgil Van Dijk, and I've said this multiple times. A defender like that. You cannot, it's going to be very difficult to win without a rock like that. Virgil van Dijk seems like he could spread across the entire field. They don't have uh, Roberto Firmino. Um, they don't have uh, uh, Joel Matip. These are key players. Unlike uh, Manchester City, these key players are what's going to make the difference um, in, this, in these situations. Well, it's... And I think if Liverpool's Premier League situation was a little bit different, they might try to have Van Dijk back by this game. But since Klopp already knows that he's not going to hold uh, retain the Premier League title, I think he's just going to have him sit back, get healthy, not rush him back, um, make sure that um, honestly he does what's right by the player. Mm-hmm. Too, you 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 don't want to rush injuries like that back. You don't. Uh, and and Greg's right, Liverpool doesn't look like the same team that they were when they started this competition yet somehow they keep (laughs) winning they are still in this competition i i had kind of written them off off. uh against leipzig 
I, I thought Leipzig was going to win. I thought it was going to be close. Like I didn't think Leipzig was going to take it to him or anything, but I, mm-hmm. you know, Liverpool's always going to compete, but I thought Leipzig had the edge because they were playing well and Liverpool wasn't. And right. Liverpool shut him out. Leipzig didn't even score a goal. No. So it, it's, it, it's real. This is the matchup for me. That's very, very hard to predict because now I'm back to not wanting to count Liverpool out. Right. And, you know, they, I think they have like an outside shot to maybe be back in the competition next year. Like they might mm-hmm. end up in fourth. I think they're kind of climbing up to, to maybe make a run to at least make fourth in the premier league, which would qualify them. But, you know, I, I don't think Klopp would want to roll the dice. I think he'd want to be like, no, let's, let's, let's go back. I want to be back next year regardless right. of how we finish in the premier league. And they honestly have an easier path to get to the final than the other part of the bracket. The other part of the bracket has a lot of heavy hitters and realistically Madrid is going to be a tough matchup for them. Absolutely. But they, they don't have a team like if, if, if they were the Bayern of the, of the upper group, they don't have a team like Man City or Dortmund that they would have to play, mm-hmm. you know, they'd, or vice versa. They're, if they were Man City, they don't have a PSG or a Bayern that they would have to play. So it's it's very... I, I think whoever comes out of this bottom... Well, no, I don't want to say that. No. Nah. I'm not, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but I, I... I mean, the, the, this, is, the, the, this is another fantastic matchup. It is. It is. Uh, and we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens with that. Um, as Real Madrid is... I'd say that Real Madrid is the last Spanish team in the cup came in with three or four down to one um but no this this will be an exciting matchup and last but not least um on the bottom half of the table not bottom half in terms of performance but bottom half in terms of where they're at uh porto versus chelsea i'm not gonna i'm not gonna i'm not gonna predict and say that that porto will come away with the loss on this one. But let's just look at history. You know, I like to look at history a little bit um, when it comes to these games. They're pretty evenly matched. A little bit of a mixed bag between the eight games that they have played all time. That's between 2004 to 2015. Uh, Chelsea has won five of those matches while Porto has won two and they've drawn one game. Now the home record for Porto, since they are playing at home in the first matchup, um, they've won two games to Chelsea's one and with one draw. That's four matches in total. Um, So Porto has the advantage going into this game. Now they do have a suspension after the, the, um, after the red card in the in that with the second yellow in their last game, um, will it be? Um, and that's uh, from Terami. We'll see if that if that affects them at all. But Chelsea seems to be flying high with Thomas Tuchel at the at the reins. Um, I think this will be an exciting matchup. I I'm not gonna call it a blowout. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna say that that Chelsea will run away with it, but they do have the more experienced manager at the helm when it comes to this. He's been to multiple Champions Leagues. He's done a great deal in his uh, in his time at PSG, and um, uh, Sergio Coutinho is not that experienced. You know, he was appointed um, back in 2017. Um, we'll see what he does. 
um, going into this one. He's been doing such a great job so far. He took down um, Juventus, the powerhouse, um, by the skin of his teeth, honestly. Um, but we'll see what happens uh, going into this one. They need to start off quick. They need to start off hot, and they need to put Chelsea on their back for them to have an opportunity to go up against um, Real Madrid or Liverpool. Uh, I, I do think that this will be another great – all of these matchups are great. Um, I, mm-hmm. I also will not be saying that this will be a blowout in, in either team's favor, but uh, I, I definitely think uh, Chelsea has the advantage, uh, not only with how, how they've been playing recently, but as Greg said, they have the coach advantage. They have um, the discipline adva- uh, advantage because I, I definitely uh, – as, as good as Porto looked in leg one against Juventus, leg two, they kind of showed some some uh, weaknesses, some gaps uh, that Chelsea could definitely exploit. And uh, uh, But it, again, it's why they play the games. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think that uh, should Chelsea win, I think they're a favorite to, mi- to make it through all the way to the final uh, and play off yep. against one of, one of the four stellar teams that they could be facing off against. And uh, I'm there for it. All, all, all of the potential matchups from the, uh, not just including the corner finals, but the semifinals and then the finals, every way I think about it, all of these matchups uh, are exciting. They're great. Mm-hmm. It's going to, there's some great football coming up soon, guys. Uh, beginning of yeah. April. And uh, I, I can't wait to, to be there for it. I hope that we eventually get some weekend games so that I can, watch a couple of these lives unfortunately uh i i work during during uh tuesday and wednesday mornings when these games play so uh i I have to catch up after greg but uh but yeah i i hope that eventually we get a weekend ones well the weekend one's gonna be the the final um which i'm sure that we're gonna enjoy um together hopefully um coming up in may but tyler let's uh or early june tyler Let's do a quick fire round before we leave. Who's going through each each round? Bayern Munich, PSG. Uh, I'm going to go with Bayern. I'm going with Bayern as well. Uh, Manchester City, Borussia Dortmund. Man City. And it, it's not because I want that Bayern-Man City matchup. I, I do think that uh, Dortmund's defense is going to uh, let them down in the end. I'm, I'm going with Manchester City just because uh, Dortmund is a younger team. And they've shown their vulnerabilities with that youth not being a strength. Real Madrid, Liverpool. Oh, this is this is the one I didn't want to predict because the this to it's me this is one. The, the, this is the hardest one. Um, this is the toughest one. Uh, I'm gonna go with Real. <laughs> I'm right there with you on that as well. It's it's shocking. Like I I just think that Real were made for this competition. I don't think that they'll they'll get let down. Liverpool is not in great shape right now. Porto versus Chelsea. Who goes through? Chelsea. I'm there with you as well. So I think that we have the same mind when it comes to to the predictions, guys. Thank you so much for joining us another week with this Champions League news and reviews. And uh, you know Tyler. Again, I, I, you know what I want you guys to do for me? I want you guys, even though his birthday's passed, I want you guys to go online 
and in the review section just say happy birthday tyler it would mean the world to me if you guys could do that right now it would be um the most amazing birthday gesture he doesn't like to celebrate his birthday guys could you tell me what's wrong with that could you say what's wrong with that but anyway i'm about to blow the whistle tyler do you have anything in extra time we're in extra time right now any last shots no i i uh I'm still licking my wounds from uh, Tottenham getting uh, unceremoniously dumped from the Europa League. So oh, I, 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 got, I got nothing else to say. I can't believe that we didn't even talk about that. Did you see the we, interview from... Uh, from uh, Jose? Or yeah. from... Uh, I, I saw both. From Jose. Uh, oh, my look, goodness. Jose looked... Uh, he, he looked upset. Now he he looked he didn't look upset like 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 he was up like he was mad. He looked upset like he almost looked like he was gonna lose his job. <laughs> well, there's there's a good shot. It's just it's gonna cost uh, the club a lot of money to to let him go. Mm-hmm. Um, Loris also has a very interesting uh, interview as well. Ooh, I gotta watch that. I gotta take that one in. But anyway, guys, I'm gonna blow the whistle. This has been. Your episode, episode number 15 of Stoppage Time.